What's up, guys? It's Pardon the Ignorance Podcast. We're back hey. this week. <laughs> nice to see you guys. What's going on? Nothing, man. How's it going? Just, just hanging so, out. This week, we are joined by, <laughs> as Harry. always, Chris <laughs> and Harry. <laughs> How y'all doing? What's going on, bud? <laughs> oh, not a lot, man. I just went out hunting. Yeah. It yeah. definitely looked like it. <laughs> we were like, we're going to start this week and just let Harry walk in on the pod. Nice. And think that we're not going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you, you you hustled up a little too fast. No problem. I have I have absolutely no problem eating while we're recording. I have this pizza, and during this podcast, I will eat this entire caramel cheesecake that I made. Here. Dying Very nice. So what's going on? Hey, I can't wait till we all like get a small apartment together and you start cooking for us every night. <laughs> mm-hmm. I definitely I want to live in a retirement home with you guys. I, uh, oh, dude, that'd be awesome. Just going around and knocking, <laughs> yeah, like, knocking the I, uh, fucking uh, tennis balls off of those walkers. Hell yeah. <laughs> I just, I just want to get a one bedroom apartment with you guys, get bunk beds, you know, really do it up. <laughs> Triple stack them. Triple stack them. Yeah. I get tops. <laughs> I'm not on the bottom. <laughs> we all know Chris is a bottom. So mm-hmm. power bottom from what I've heard. <laughs> so what's going on this week, guys? Nothing, man. Really, to be honest with you, I don't have anything going on. I guess we could just, you know, wrap it up. Sounds great. All right, then. All right. Have a week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um no, actually, uh, this week we are going to try to stick to a more formatted format, I guess. Yeah, I uh, guess. If we have to. Yeah. I don't know if we're shitting the bed or if our listeners have been shitting the bed, but numbers have been looking really good lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on. Um, but uh, sticking to the format, let us go to the first topic. Yeah. What are we going with? <laughs> um, most importantly, everybody knows it's German National Beer Day, so I came prepared. I thought it was international. I have a, I have a Dutch, or no, yeah, yeah, Danish. There we go. It's actually, because of the, Pepsi. it's actually, the, <laughs> it's actually the anniversary of the Reinheitsgebot. Is that about being <clears throat> pure blood Aryan? Yes, something like that, but it has to do with the beer as well. Okay. So I thought, they do like them white. So I thought I, I they thought like I'd them hell. Out, I thought I'd break out the 1.5 uh, liter tonight and see how that goes. That's a big boy, Moss. Mm-hmm. That's right. Stole it. Uh, got it from a festival. <laughs> uh, uh, that was not a good night. So <laughs> I like the fact that it's heavy. So you're actually burning calories while yeah. you're drinking. Yeah, it's what's important. Exactly. Right. Although I realized I started picking it up with my left hand and it's, you know, right hand's a beat hand. So we know how that goes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what though? It's good that you do, you switch off with the left and right with, you know, I, you're picking mm-hmm. up your beer with that. Cause you don't want to be Popeye in one arm and <laughs> olive oil in the other. Got the big forearm over here. The other yeah. one's like, yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> it's my good hand. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's actually the top of the forearm. It's a strong point. It doesn't matter. So what do we want to talk about tonight, Bobby? Um, Actually, we are going to talk about um with our good friend, Chris, going full, uh, going active again. Uh, and they're shipping over how many more soldiers to your area, Chris? Uh, to here, I think that they're allocated to 500. 500. How many are there now? Do you know? The actual number right now, I have no clue. Um, it's a lot, isn't it? I know it. At our strongest point, I think we were at almost 30,000 here with family In members. In yeah, yeah, family members, civilians, and everything. Yeah. And, um, uh but, but, but reservists or no yeah we were all included in there together <clears throat> that's a lot um, yep. um as of 2019 there's 56,000 soldiers there uh 56,000 soldiers and family members that's a lot Wiesbaden? yeah wow that's like the entire population of Giesen. yeah <laughs> that is crazy well and actually that's what that's we're going to talk about tonight yeah, that's something that I want to bring up later, too, when we get to that point, as far as drawing down, um, as yeah. what our high our high point was back in the day. Um, so I know, like, in the bomb, 80s. Bombholder was three Americans to one German. That's how many people there were. Oh, wow. That's crazy. So it's actually, sorry, guys, it's actually the um, Wiesbaden Mines area combined. But it's Wiesbaden is right next door to mines and vice versa, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I consider it the same base. It, it is. It's it's all it's the all same one community. Now. Yeah, yeah. That's like uh, Ramstein. Uh, Ramstein is also it's a ma- it's like an American city on German soil. It's massive. Yeah. Well, occasionally we get signed in and get to go shopping there. Yep. <laughs> or actually, technically, just use the food court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there's actually um there's a guy uh mila her best friend his husband he was stationed in bad uh no where is that over bad kissing in uh schweinfurt yeah yeah uh before literally as they were closing down um he was there to get it done and we i went there a few times that place was super tiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like super tiny. It was just like a, um, uh, God, what do you call those people that do the mortars and shit like that? Do the mortars? Yeah. Artillery. Called? No, no, like mortar artillery. Artillery. Yeah, like artillery. Like that's what they're... it's an artillery yeah. base. You're right. Yeah. You're it's right. an artillery <laughs> base. Sorry. That's where that's a cool story. That's where I almost ended up instead of Geeson. But because of Chris, not tiny Chris, but my friend Chris. Chris is my friend, but you, you get what I'm saying. My other friend Chris. Um the real friend. Yeah, we got the you. real friend. The real friend. Uh, <laughs> uh actually, since we went in, in the buddy program, which means you go in with somebody you know, you have to end up in your first duty station together. So we ended up going to Geeson instead. That's awesome. But yeah. It no. is actually. Chris, were you ever here in Geeson or no? No, he's a fuck. Nope. Okay. I was in um, uh, Hanau and then in Kitsigan. Okay. Yeah, Hanau's where you met the love of your life or before, right? Yeah, that was afterwards. That was once I was already in the reserves. Oh, okay. I thought that was. 
Yeah, before before you went to Iraq. God fucking damn it. <laughs> so Chris, what made you what made you uh, go active again? Is that just something that you have to do because um uh, you wanted to be a real I, weekend warrior? I hate my bosses. <laughs> <laughs> I hate my bosses, and it's included in the contract that they have to let me go. Sticking it to the man. That's what I like mm. to hear. Plus, actually, from a financial standpoint, you'd be fucking retarded to not do it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you'd be a dumb shit to not do it. Yeah. Or as Bobby likes to say, a big dum-dum. Big old (laughs) dum-dum. But does that mean you're going to be sent down range again? No, no, no. I am. (laughs) That's what they told him. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) I'm in an extremely mission essential position with what I'll be doing. Okay. Um, And really, right now, there's not really any places to go downrange to, really. Not yet. Yeah, (laughs) not yet. Yeah. Not until Mr. Alzheimer's decides to go and do some shit. (laughs) Syria is going to be his playground. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. I don't. Yeah, all right, you're probably right. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we're like, what, 25 minutes in? The people aren't going to, they really don't understand what our topic is tonight. Um, um, so we're actually going to talk about the effects of uh, military being uh, deployed overseas and when they withdraw what that does to the communities the economy and what it does for the people that have to live with it on a daily basis um and i so, think it's good is because you know two of you we're we're split 50 50 two of you guys were military two of us are not um so we've ex- we've lived it uh although all four of us have lived the same you know the same thing when Geeson got shut down and everything, what it did to the economy. Hmm. And um, so that's kind of like what we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah. Basically going to talk about what happens when a military man pulls out. So. (laughs) It fucks a whole lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I can't touch Geeson because I don't know like how much of an effect that had with the soldiers leaving but it was I massive will be able to touch uh kids again because i've been back to kids again ever since we left too okay um see i came literally like i came here on vacation the the military was still here um a lot of soldiers were still here and then when we actually moved here they were already gone um but i know people that worked like on the av for avs they were still working there up until last year, I think, yeah. really, a couple a couple years ago, maybe. And um, from my under, like I always used to think people were joking and lying to me. They said, as soon as that base closed and all, you know, they all left, you know, except for the people that, because there were a lot of soldiers that did stick around, you know, when they got out, a lot of them. You guys are also, you guys are perfect examples of that. Um, they were saying that the economy was immediately just 60 percent gone well here's here's a here's a little example for you first off uh the AFES distribution center which was the last thing open in geese depot closed in 2017 so they yep. relocated to germersheim which is south yep. um so 2017 is the last time the AFES was really there 
So um, seems like it was just yesterday, but um, you know, they've completely redone that place. And it's kind of sad for me to see it because I have so many memories on that army base. Um, yeah. And you know, they've done different things to it now. Some things. Yeah. Anyways. So they've done different things to it. Um, true story as a soldier, especially as a young soldier, I'm not talking about one that got married. I'm talking about one that just got there in 2002. Um, you literally from Monday to Friday, um, some people did, but a lot of us never left the base. Really, you didn't really have to. Right. Um, you know, you had to get up early anyways. It's like <clears throat> six thirty PT formation is not fun. Um, so most people kind of you know chilled out. But Thursday nights, <laughs> Thursday nights you went out. So Thursday nights you went out to a place called the Fun Club, which is close to Rescue. And we're talking about there must have been a hundred soldiers there. Easy, like easy, like yeah. just getting in there, right? Just American soldiers and German women in there. That's literally what it was. Um, so like a, a young soldier, a private would get his paycheck and he'd be broke. You know, you get paid two times a month and he'd be broke come like seventh or eighth, already broke and have to make it another week because you go out and they used to give you these little cards, these, you know, four by three cards. Yep. And that, that's how you pay for a drink. You got to stamp it. And yeah, then you and pay it at would, the end. It would go quick. Like oh, yeah. quick. And to get a new card, you have to go pay for it. And <clears throat> if you're from the States and you see a different currency, a lot of times you don't really equate what the thing was. And at that time we called it monopoly money because the Euro had just come out and it was like $1 equaled like one Euro, like 46 cents or 25 cents. It was ridiculous. So like, you were like, well, man, for a dollar, I get like a dollar and a half. So like you were, you were going nuts. So you go and you'd spend, you spend, you spend. Next thing you know, it's the seventh or eighth and you're fucking selling your PlayStation to your buddy for a hundred bucks because you got to make it to the 15th. Like, dude, it was, I'm going to tell you, man, it was a crazy fucking life. Like it was nuts. Yeah. Some of the best times I've ever had. You're young. You really generally had no bills. And for me during that time, it's like 2002 to 2005. So there's like no like cell phone contract. Nobody was cared about getting an iPhone. Like you had these, you know, the old school Nokia's. The ones you could yeah. like, throw in a nuclear blast and they still work. Um, I still have a phone from that time. And I swear to God, it's still charged. Like I think it's at 91% right now. That thing, charge it one time is good to go. Like crazy. And so you didn't have any bills. Like I had no bills. Like I didn't even have to really pay for food. No. You know what I mean? So like, what are you spending your money on? A lot of times you just spend it on booze. Like, and, that, and that's the thing. Like you guys had all the creature comforts on base. But then you guys, you guys well, want to go out. You want to have fun. What do you, what do you mean, mean by creature comforts? Because that, like, it was like, we had mean, a, like we had a bowling alley. On no, Pope. that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I mean, like, um, uh, like the PX and commissary, like places for you to actually go shopping and stuff. No, like that, that was a difficult point. That was a difficult point. I was going to get to that. Some bases had all that on it. Our base did not. The actual you had, like, a little tiny shop it. We had a shop at on Geeson Depot. That's it. Like the PX, you know, the area you see, like where they had the PX at before, you had to walk up the hill all the way to get there. And that's a fucking walk. If you look where our barracks were to there, that's a serious walk. It's like two miles. Yeah, but I mean, but that's the thing. Like you had the no commissary. Kind of access. But no commissary. The commissary is actually where McDonald's is on Schiffenberger Tall. The commissary used to be over there. Really? Yeah. So to get over there, you had to try to catch the military bus which only functioned three times a day. And here's the fucked up point. The, the military bus went at nine in the morning. Guess when your first formation is? Nine, <laughs> nine o'clock. So the next one went at 12 o'clock. 
Guess when your lunch is? 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock. to 12 30. <laughs> but the bus didn't come back till 1 15. So you have 13, you have 1300 or, or one o'clock formation. So you can't go then. It closed at 1830. No shit. And if you got out on time at 1630, you could make it. But, but the bus to take you there left at 1630. Oh. So a lot of times, like, and you could get your driver's license here fairly easy. Yeah. And a lot of us would buy like a 500 euro beater. It's like an old school golf. It's actually where I learned to drive clutch. I didn't know how to drive clutch when I got here. So I learned on a, I burnt the shit out of a clutch on a Renault Twingo. Um, <laughs> and I learned how, but you bought a beater, you bought a beater, but a lot of times the beater were like beamers that other soldiers bought and they just tried mm-hmm. to hurry up and get rid of. Yeah. You get them fairly, fairly cheap. So you get like a three series BMW for a thousand euros. Yep. That was that was only like 12 years old. Like if you think about it, it's like not that old. So it was a I'm telling you, it was a crazy life. Um, but what I was trying to get to is the actual a lot of soldiers spent their money on the economy. Exactly. Um, and they spent it um going <clears throat> going to bars, going to discos, going to restaurants, um, going to there used to be a Walmart here too, but that was bought out by Real. It just Walmart's philosophy and things didn't work in Germany. No. It's only one of the only countries in the world that's failed in. Germany's one of them. Um, so surprise, surprise. Well, let's not get into that, but Germany has that economy rule that you have to have so much stuff from Germany in the store and that doesn't function well with Walmart. Um, no. um, and so they spent a lot of money. So when the soldiers left here and it's not just the soldiers, it's families too. When they left here, exactly. Because a lot of soldiers were married to Germans. Right. And but- they of course kept their same habits of buying at stores. They know, but now <sighs> that's with them. You could say American money now. Right. But see what I was, what I meant by that though, is like you guys had all the creature comforts. Like you did, you, it might've been a pain in the ass and harder for you to get to it, but you did have the ability to go shopping tax-free for all your food, like all your necessities, Mm -hmm. Uh, everything that you needed, you had within on base, how far away it was. I, you know what I mean? That's a different thing, but the thing of the matter is, is where were you guys dumping most of your money into the party scene, the club scene, the bars, everything. And yep. that's where, that's where, cause if you look at that, like what's going to, where, where, where does the place make more money? If you go grocery shopping at fucking Rava, or if you go to the woodland for a night out, the woodland is going to be, that's, that's where they're going to make most. That's where you're going to spend most of your money. I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't go to the woodland. No, I just use it as a stupid example no, because no, that's no, no. Only, you know what I mean? Yeah, because. Yeah, I didn't go to the woodland and the only reason I didn't, they had great drinks there. I'm not gonna lie. Like I get what you're saying. I just want to top this off by saying um, because there was American bartenders there, they hooked your drinks up. Yeah. Yeah. The only problem was at the woodland club, you weren't going to get any butts if you but if you looked like me. Yeah, you weren't, you weren't going to get any silence. No, you're not going to get any butt if you look <laughs> like me. Our, our you're not going to get ass, Bobby. Oh, okay. our buddy, our buddy Kim would have got some butt in the woodland, but not Dave. I know. <laughs> yeah, no. <clears throat> so, well, it was a great place to go. It had great music, great food. Um, they had well, great food, but great, 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 great drinks, of course. But yeah, but that's where you're going to go. Like, and plus, exactly. Here's, here's the other thing. You could go to the you could go to the defect, which is the cafeteria for soldiers, um, or 
you could buy food. But the problem was, is we didn't have any ability to cook in our area. You had like a, a common cook area, but nobody really used it. Right. Yep. So like a lot of our money went to like, now that I think about it, man, I wish I was, that's 20, why the, I was 21. That's, so that's why the economy hurt so bad when you guys all pulled out. You want to hear a crazy number though? So what's that? when we were in the highlight, I want to say it's the highlight. I'm going to have to look at it again and see if that's still active. Um, 40 million euro a year is what we would invest in the German economy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's insane. But dude, like, here's the thing. I, I mentioned uh, Mila's best friend. We... They were living, he was stationed at Schweinfurt, but they lived in a city called Bad Kissingen. Look it up. Mm-hmm. It is a gorgeous city. Mm-hmm. Absolutely gorgeous. <clears throat> um, so we would go over there and they had a massive house there. Because I didn't realize this. Uh, officers aren't allowed to live on base. Back then, maybe. Now they, now they this are. Was a, this was like a few years ago. Like this is... God, when I say a few years ago, it's, I mean, it's probably been like seven years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had a, you know, he lived, it was like a good 40 minutes away from like where the base was or half hour or something like that. doesn't matter. We went over and Russians being Russians, you know, the girls, they wanted to go do a dance club. So let's go dancing. Right. Every time we went out with this dude, it did not matter where we went. If it was a restaurant or a club, he would buy a bottle of Gentleman Jack or Single Barrel. Do the math on that. Because if you yeah. go to fucking any other club, like if you go to a club and just say, I want a bottle of just regular shit Jack Daniels that costs you 12 euro, you're going to mm-hmm. pay close to 100 euro for that bottle. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And we were somewhere like he was pissed. They didn't have any. He wanted to leave. He immediately <clears throat> wanted to leave. He's like, nah, I'm not into this place. We're like, <laughs> dude, they're going to have other whiskey. He goes, nah, it ain't the hey, same. Too, I'm uh, good. <laughs> to, to follow. What I want to do is follow up on what Chris had to say, because there was a recent study done six years ago um, about the actual, how much does Germany benefit from U.S. military bases? To be fair, over the last 10 years, um, Germany has spent, almost a billion euros on U.S. troops. Okay, that's Germany spending their own money on U.S. troops. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but um, do you understand? Yeah. Yeah, that's the, there's, but there's a trade-off, right? Yep. Um, because Germany definitely benefits from the troops' presence here. Um, well, that's also because they don't, um, that's with the whole NATO agreement. So, yeah, so they've spent 650 million euros on, uh, in the past 10 years, on construction measures for U.S. soldiers. And a further 350 million euros have gone towards so-called defense costs. Um, so it means like aid payments and things like that, and property, and not paying uh, the U.S. not paying taxes on the land they use, right? Yeah. So that's that's also um, right now. This is of six years ago, so it's not current. This is the nearest one they've done. There's approximately 35,000 troops, American troops in Germany still, 35,000, which is definitely a hell of a lot less than there used to be, but. Um, those troops create um, close to the U.S. will spend close to eight billion dollars um, in Germany. Not troops. That's the U.S. government, right? So, but the troops spend here um, two point three four seven billion dollars a year, estimated. 
So that's, uh, that's a lot of money, spending almost $2.5 billion in the German economy. That's a lot of money. Well, I wonder if they're actually I wonder if they're they're considering that as far as the soldiers paying for their rent and everything like that too. Yeah, I, I don't know because that's that's technically the government that's paying for it. So it's not us. Yeah, right. I just here's something from April thirteenth, two thousand twenty-one, from Stripes.com. Uh, there's thirty-five thousand troops in Germany, but yeah. that's just the troops. That doesn't include reservists. This is just active and it does not include uh, family members and or the civilian civilians. workers. Yep. Exactly. Do they really That's count still though? a lot, dude. Really... It's. I know. I'm just fucking around, man. It's... Yeah. But it's That's crazy. And what's cool is the, 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 the state that really, you know, benefits the most is, is Rhineland Follett. That's the one or Rhineland Follett. Is it Rhineland Faults? Yeah. It's Rhineland Faults. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's home to half the U.S. soldiers stationed in Germany. Yeah, like I said, that base is like a fucking city. Dude, 18.5 million, 18,500 military personnel, 12,000 U.S. civilian employees, and 25,000 family members. But the big number is um, 7,200 Germans are paid from the U.S. government for their services as well. Yeah. So that's also direct money into the economy. So I can see why this makes sense now. Maybe you heard of this, Harry. This makes sense why, why the, the actual governor of that state was so hard going at them to stay and not pull out any troops from there. You oh, know? absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> um, a lot of <clears throat> a lot of things benefit or a lot of people benefited from from having soldiers here. Um, not only the nightclub scene, um, also like if you had any kind of um, like specialty uh, specialty sports equipment shop that you couldn't get through uh, your sports store because I remember that my dad was kind of frustrated um, looking for certain parts like cycling equipment or whatever that they didn't have at the sports store. You had to go through a German (laughs) shop to get it. And um, nine times out of 10, especially recreational sports, um, the Germans are pretty much like uh, the leaders of the pack when it comes to tech. So most people, smaller shops like that, um, they really felt it when the Americans left. You know who's making a ton of money? moving companies oh of course also jesus those guys oh yeah they moved my whole they packed it and moved my whole apartment when I, when i got out of the military moved the whole thing in three hours yep packed the whole thing they had these little fucking crazy slider things they slide under the boxes and you didn't have to do a damn thing you know what i mean they came in and did everything for us it was lovely man i did a diddy move myself do it yourself <laughs> <laughs> I got I got paid more money, man. <laughs> that fits you so much. That fits you so much. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I like you like here's the thing. Like you could have told us that story without telling us that story. We yeah. know, bud. We, we know. know. <laughs> so, so so another thing with what Chris, what Chris was Chris, talking about. Chris, too. Chris, we get it. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, okay. You're going somewhere else. Go ahead. So in in Kitsigan. Um, we, I want to say we were like 80% of that town's income while we were there. Um, and now a lot of the shops look like a fucking ghost town. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like, um, what are, when we go, we took the trip, when we take the train from Gießen to Frankfurt, uh, you go through, what is it? Langons? Did they used to have a place or no? Kirschgoins. 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 The Rock. Yeah. They used to have a place. 
fucking nobody's heard of that fucking city since they pulled out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you yeah, want to know be- who did benefit though? Is Würzburg, the Würzburg University Clinic? Why? Before before Würzburg closed down, um, the army decided to invest a shitload of money in the Würzburg Hospital, new technology and everything, renovate the whole building, and then they just handed it all over to the university clinic. Everything. Oh yeah, wow. They did. They did that a couple <clears throat> in a couple of places in Franconia, I think, because Landstuhl is uh, is another one. Used to be, I think, a big um, American hospital, and as far as I know, they put a lot of money into that and then just handed it over as well. Because that's where my dad always got sent to. Landstuhl is still active. Oh, it still still is. Damn. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. connected. It's connected to Ramstein. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, it's not even Franconia though. No, it's it's <laughs> it's actually it's actually the first stop for most soldiers who get injured in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the first place they're sent to. It's the most advanced. Um, but can we do a, me a favor? Because this really irritates me. Can we please stop acting like everything that America does is the best technology in the world? Gets on my nerves. Oh no! Like no, I'm not I get saying what you're that. saying. I get what you're saying, but people do that. Like, well, the Americans left their technology here. Shut up! No, you didn't. Like, stop. I hate some people like Germany. Yeah, but you know what though? Here's the thing though: German engineering is not what it was twenty years ago. You can't even fucking compare it. Yeah, in, because they have a lot per, of manu- manufactured in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. Pertaining to what? Uh, everything. Oof, oof, Bobby. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> it's still it's still the number one place for 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 aerospace stuff that's in here. A lot of stuff. I will give you this. It's not manufactured okay, aerospace, here. Okay, yeah, but it's not manufactured here anymore. That I give you, but it definitely is engineered here. That's true. It's very much so. But they they send it. What they do is here. I'll give you a quick example. Because I'm not going to disagree with you because it's not where it used to be. Okay, we can agree on that. But yes. what they do do here is, is they usually manufacture the base, they engineer the piece, right? Say they're making, yeah. and for my business, say they're making some kind of airplane light. They'll design it here. They'll have India do what I call the, it's a better, good way to put this, the, the, the routine work, the routine building work. Yeah, of course. So they'll make the outside cheap labor. Piece, cheap labor. <laughs> Get ready to say but they'll say, step the word slave labor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they bring it Fucking back to Germany. Sweat shopping it. That's how they do it. They'll bring it back to Germany. They'll inspect it, make sure it's to standard. Then the, any kind of intricate work that needs to be done will be done here. And it's not that Germany can't do the mundane work. They can do that. It's just much more expensive to do it here per, per worker. It's, it's factual. No. Yeah. I agree with you. And I, I, understand exactly what you're saying but i'm also in the manufacturing aspect and engineering side of things um and from my opinion also like not just with that like go buy a car like go buy a bmw from early like late 90s early 2000s same with the mercedes go buy one now it's all plastic and shit on the inside it is so cheap and it's just like it's shoddy how it was all thrown together it is not like okay the engineering okay it's still german engineering but quality is taken a big big hit to what it used to be i don't know i just put I, um 420,000k on my audi so uh what year is your audi pretty well. what year is your audi uh 2009 okay all right dude my beamer's 2009 dude this <laughs> this bump bro boom 
<laughs> but that's what I'm talking about, um, though. Bobby, com- you know compared, what I mean? Bobby, hold on a second. Compared to who? But no, I'm not talking about the motor. No, 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 no. I get your engineering point. But I'm saying, but if German quality has gone down, whose quality has gone up? Nobody. Everybody's cutting corners. But I'm not just saying. But 6% no. of Harry. That's who's <laughs> No, actually, no. China. <laughs> no. One of, the, one of the biggest failures in the, the aerospace industry is China had tried to come out with their own airplane 10 years ago. And um, basically, they pretty much stole the blueprints from Boeing. They had people working there who pretty much stole blueprints and tried the things. They tried to put an airplane together. Never got off the ground. Yeah. So it's not, but, it's not, China's not a building. It's a build it or it's a copycat culture. It's not a right. engineering well, shit. True. But to go back to what Harry just said, he put that many Ks on his motor, on his car, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Here's the thing, though. Look up when your motor was designed and engineered. It hasn't changed since the late, since the fucking early 2000s. I don't think so, especially that one um, that has, this one has the new common rail, common rail diesel technology. I don't think it was that. Yeah, look when it came out, bud. After like 2005, that's when shit really started to deteriorate. And quality, like the engineering kind of stayed the same, but however, quality really suffered. Like how stuff was, they, they parts were changed out for cheaper things. That's why you look at, if you look at a 1.8 liter from the Volkswagen group, which is also Audi, Volkswagen, poor everybody, they have a 1.8 liter turbo uh, gasoline motor. Yeah. That was one of the best fucking motors in the world up until 2009 and 2010. Then it took a shit and it has not been the same since. It got to the point where hey. they had to say, what? Okay, so 2000, 2007, BMW won engine of, the, engine of the year, right? Yes. Turned around 2015, Germany, so BMW uh, won engine of the year for its 2015 that, motor. You're, 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 you got that wrong because take that motor and look when it was engineered though, Dave. Yeah. BMW, I agree with you. I love BMW. BMW makes one of the best motors. However, when was it put into production? When was it engineered? You're talking about a motor from the fucking nineties, dude. I'm talking about a motor from 2014. Which motor? <laughs> For the I8. <laughs> oh, that's a fucking electric one. That's no, it's not. Different. It's a 1.5 <laughs> liter gasoline motor. For an I-8, which is an all-electric vehicle? It's not no. all-electric. Bobby, I'm looking at it. Hold on. Just, <laughs> also, Volkswagen in the last 10 years also has a engine of the year. Like, it's, when it comes to engineering, Germany does know what they're doing. I, I know it doesn't seem that way. And I take, I take what you're saying, that the quality has gone down from what it used to be. Craftsmanship isn't what it used to be. I yes, will grant but you also that. German engineering, and what I meant in general... German engineering in total is not what it used to be. Like back in the day, oh, you have that. Well, it's from Germany, German engineering. Nobody fucking does that anymore. That's what I, that's all I'm saying. Well, used to be made in Germany. It's considered quality. Now it's engineered in Germany. It's considered quality. Yeah. And fucking produced by some Sagoin or gypsy in fucking Romania. Mm, a lot of times, a lot <laughs> of times we're canceled. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay 
Is it though? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it is. <laughs> I have a lot of customers in Romania, dude. Trust me. I know what I, I, I deal with this on a daily basis. <laughs> oh. Mont Blanc. Did you guys know like Mont Blanc, those crazy, ridiculously expensive pens? Yeah. It's a French company. I wouldn't have guessed Guess by the name Mont Blanc. Shit. That's where they're made. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you a guess. I just mentioned their country. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, man, I love me my Mount Blank pens. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good. They make good. Uh, what did you just find, Dave? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. I just. I just wanted to show you that I wasn't bullshitting you, Bobby. <laughs> okay so it's an electric hybrid okay yeah that's exactly fine. what i fucking said <laughs> no hold on i'm shutting it down i'm Look shutting it down now. hold on pull that back up pull that back up All right. uh, what is the name of that car i because i can't see yep bmw i8 2015, its three-cylinder engine would be crowned the overall international engine of the year. So okay. what, did, what did Dave do? He looked up when that car was engineered. 2014. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> no, yeah, I was just fucking with you, Bobby. I just like yeah, to get you riled up. <laughs> I know, but it's also like you sidestep the point. You know what I mean? Like That's one thing. <laughs> I, just gave, I just gave you Golf and BMW. <laughs> golf yeah their engine one Volkswagen Golf's engine one international engine of the year and I know Volkswagen is a German car yes so you got Toyota which has always got good engineering and craftsmanship yes and then you got that one <clears throat> Polo GTI okay so I mean and then you got the one from BMW but that's this one is from the E46 BMW M3. So that's older. Exactly. That's that 3.2 liter, they fucking, that motor's been around for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's why I just gave you credit and said it's an older motor. So, Bobby, yeah. I mean, yes. we had our buddy Harry buy a Tesla and he could have just bought a Ferrari for the same cost. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, you know, it's actually, Italian. they rust. Harry, I had a Fiat and that's basically the same. What so. you could have bought, you could have <laughs> bought that new Hummer, that uh, electric Hummer. We saw that last week after the pod. We were looking at that. Yep. Oh, and really? That was yeah. That's that's a beautiful car. It is fucking ridiculous. It's a beautiful car. Oh, yeah. so I looked at that Bronco that I told you guys that they have yeah. on post. No, you yeah. fucking didn't. No, you didn't. Yes. <laughs> just go. <laughs> it's trying to argue tonight. I don't. I don't know, man. It's it's not really mine. Like actually seeing it in person. I I'd rather have an older Bronco. Other one. Yeah. If you let, let me if you ask you guys, if you have to choose, the Durango looks a whole lot better and around the same price. Hmm. Let me let me ask you guys a quick question, just to 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 roll things up a little bit. What do you think about our current president pulling the troops out of Afghanistan? What's our thoughts? <laughs> Chris, you're usually so vocal. Why do you have nothing to say? Huh? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> um. No, but here's the thing. Like, 
back onto what we were talking about, you know, with I just thought of this earlier because I know Chris has to be careful about what he says here. <laughs> so I can I can do this. Yes. Well, you know what though? That is a good question to ask. The reason why is because we talked about what it does for, you know, in like yeah, to, this is considered still like when you're here, you're deployed here, but it's not like an actual deployment deployment is it no no it's you actually it, it's you're, actually you're stationed you're actually a duty station yeah yeah if, okay so it's a duty station but you're still mm-hmm. deployed or does it well, still no. count okay, as a nowadays, deployment hold up dave hold up nowadays yes as of this year they are able to consider this a deployment fucking touchy-feely army i swear to fucking wow. god and it is no longer called a combat patch what <laughs> what does that mean so when when you deploy you get a, a prestigious patch it's basically who you deploy with you wear it on your right side and yes that's what dave and i earned for being in iraq you fucking earned it yes i did dickhead <laughs> <laughs> um and now i can't i'd have to look at look it up and see what the hell it's called now but it's this is the motherfucker that was on my shoulder when I was in Iraq. So I still have it. Mine's still attached to the DCUs. Yeah. But this, but this me, but this honestly, honestly, all jokes aside, this patch, this patch really honestly means something. At least to me, it does. Yeah. yeah. You know, some guys are like, oh, I got it, you know, whatever. But to me, it meant something. Okay. So, <clears throat> so that's, and, and that's different now. You don't get that anymore. Well, it's not called that anymore. It's called something else. I, I'd have to look it up and let me see if I can find it. Um, can you still see me? No. No. Oh, fuck. Don't worry about it. Just look it up, dude. It's fine. It's all right. Um, you're, giving, you're giving us a break from your face. It's fine. Fuck you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where, where if you get it, like it, you know, a lot of guys got it. And like, obviously, when Iraq kicked off since Afghanistan has been going, but it's become fewer and fewer because... The, you know, I can't remember what year that Obama said no more troops in Iraq. What year we pulled out? Somebody else would have to look that up. But from that point on, not a lot of guys were getting combat patches unless you were in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, so some soldiers complained that they felt it was unfair. Fucking participation because they were because, they, because they were because they were looked down upon because they didn't have one. Mm-hmm. But when I first came in, not a lot of soldiers had them except for the guys that were in the first Gulf War. Right. Because yeah. or, or if you were in Kosovo. Yeah. So, you know, not everybody had them in. And it's just something to say, hey, I was in combat. I may know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, but, but it, as long as you on. I can't remember how long you were. I think it's 90 days. I, I don't quote me. But if you spend so much time in an overseas theater, which Germany was never considered that um, in a combat area where you, your life could be in danger, which obviously not Germany, then you got a combat patch. But my dad had one. Um, he had, I think, Third Armor Division. He had the, uh, that same tank, and it's mm-hmm. at Spearhead. Yep. And um, he never went anywhere except for Germany. Well, he did mm. have one day in Vietnam. Yeah, but that doesn't count. <laughs> Hang on. Um, so, so back then, uh, that was a different time frame. Uh, that was uh, the the 3rd ID combat patch, or not 3rd ID, the 3rd Armor Division was uh what the fuck was that for 
Was that during the freaking Cold War? Um, Must have as been. far as no, as far as uh, the folded gap and everything. Yeah, yeah, you, you were people that were authorized. Yeah, yeah I know because what this was uh, this was an escalated uh, area. area. Yeah, that's when East Germany was alive and well. Yep. So it was considered a combat post. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but what the point I was trying to make is, you know, we talked about what it was like, you know, in a non-combat area when the troops pull out what it does to the economy. But now when you're talking about an actual combat zone, what does that do to that area when the troops pull out? Um, I don't see the economic, you mean from an economic perspective? What? I said the old me would say who would give a fuck the new me um we invest a shitload of money That's in there exactly the only thing is we do not teach them how to maintain i don't know if exactly. it's changed exactly um, have... in afghanistan we actually donated a shitload of brand new john deere tractors to afghanistan and forgot to teach the afghanis uh how to repair them yep. so once they broke <laughs> so... down they would just sit in the field my um, I had a buddy. He was a civilian contractor in Iraq. He was making like two hundred and seventy grand a year, being a fucking electrician. And yeah. that's crazy. Like if you think about that, that's insane. It's not though. It's not. Though. I know, but like for me, who's like an act, like yeah. who's a full on civilian that has no yeah. idea what any of that is. That to me, dude, that's a lot. And like. When you start pulling those kind of people out and you pull everybody out, then like to me, is it kind of like all the work and progress that you guys have strived for? You basically just fucking said, okay, we're not going to do this anymore and just throw it away. Bobby, you don't remember me talking to you in 2011. I almost left. I almost left. But uh, Susie at the time begged me not to do it. Uh, I almost went to Afghanistan to do telephone work. Yeah. um, To run telephone lines at, at army air bases. Um, or to, to at air bases and military bases, and they were going to pay me one hundred seventy thousand dollars for the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it would have been tax free. Oh. Tax free into a certain point. I can't remember how much. First hundred thousand. Yeah. The guy, my next door neighbor, the old guy. Like, if we're sitting at my garden house and you look at that white house right next to us, he worked for an American company for like 30 some years where they were, he was only in um, like war areas, like in Iraq, Kuwait, everywhere where they just did road repair. Yeah. And he made so much money doing that. I, my buddy, the one, the one that I worked with in Naples, he got this job with this company and he told me about it here. And he was like, yeah, you should come in. I've done the last three years. Got to go home for a total of about 45 days during this time. That's all he went home for. He was yeah. married, had a couple of kids, but he made close to $650,000. Only yep. spent 50000 of it the whole time he was there. He yep. told his wife, basically, this is how much you get. So he stocked away close to 500000 And when he went back home, he bought his house cash. Yep. So he, yeah. for three years, he set himself up. I mean, you can't beat that. But nope. what I want to say before, before you go is I think one thing I would have struggled with Bobby and I'm dead serious is the reason I almost didn't go is well, I didn't go was mainly because of Susie. But the other reason was 
is that the problem with being a civilian contractor in Afghanistan is you can't, you can't carry a weapon. You can't carry a weapon. Exactly. And that's the thing. You're not um, like my buddy who's doing it in Iraq. He wasn't main. He wasn't basically on military <laughs> installations. He was like full on doing civilian work. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you had people that were there. Like they were your escorts, but the numbers were not in your fucking favor. <laughs> no. yep. That's what my friend of mine was telling me. They had to go base to base and he'd be part of these convoys. And of course he'd be sitting in the back of a Humvee. Yeah. There's, just, there's only four seats in a Humvee. So you got to sit one corner. Yep. Um, and he would bitch and complain sometimes because they put him on the left side of the Humvee. And the problem is you have a driver on the left side who really can't get to his weapon. Um, Chris will tell you this. It's very difficult unless you have an M4 or something small. Um, and of course he's not allowed to carry one. So the whole left side of the Humvee is exposed except for the gunner on top. If there was a gunner on top, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, and he was in the military before. So he was very, you know, like, Hey, if something goes down, somebody throw me a gun. And he said, the army guys are really cool, especially if they had a gunner because the gunner has his personal weapon. And he also has either um, um, a 60 on top or a two, four, nine or, or something of that sort. Um, basically a machine gun for those who don't know what that is yeah, up on the turret. Yeah. Uh, uh, on the turret up top. And he was like, Hey, if something kicks off, here's my weapon. You know, you take, you take it. And he's like, fuck that. I don't care if I get in trouble. I'm popping off. You ain't getting me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, but you know, that's, it makes me sweat now thinking about it. Honestly, I'm sweating. Like that would be a nightmare for me because I don't know what, one thing I'll tell you is like, that was one of my biggest fears when I was in Iraq is getting captured. I did not want to be, you know, yep. once, once on the internet forever on the internet, you know, I didn't want my daughter at the time. So, you know, what happened to my dad? Oh, your dad got his fucking head chopped off or some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or they never found him. That's also something, man. They was never find you. Was that something that you guys drilled yes. for? Because yes. um, I just watched a, uh, a docu-series about this, um, about this British pilot who got shot down because somebody had the bright idea of flying daytime, uh, low altitude attacks with a freaking tornado. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know what you watched. It was on, was it on Disney plus? It wasn't. I watched it on YouTube. It might have been on yeah. Disney Plus too. Yeah. But I think. Yeah. yeah, they might have been. Behind it was in the. It was in the first Gulf War. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was the last time that the UK did that? By the way. Yeah. The exactly. last time. We, exactly. Yeah. 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 They, they came to realize yeah. that that wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Um. And they, you know, they also had that American pilot. They never found. You know, they never found him. Hmm. He got captured, and they found writing on one of the prisons in, in Iraq on the wall. Um, with his initials, but they never found him. I can't remember his name, but they they never found him. Or they found him maybe years later with his bones. But but that was something that you drilled. I told guys that in my unit, listen, if you see them carrying me away, fucking shoot, dude. I'd rather you fucking kill me than get fucking tortured or some shit. Like, I'm, you know, it was a definite fear. That and car bombs. Those two things I was afraid of. Everything yeah. else, no problem. Because, bro, <laughs> like, the car bombs, you're not going to know, man. There's There's signs to look for. But like it's it's like anything. If they're good, then you have no fucking clue. Yeah. And it, but it's like anything. They're like, oh, you know, you drill for this, you drill for that, man. Listen, when shit hits the fan, you know, you could be a great unit that drills perfectly, but it's always the biggest fucking loudmouths and the biggest fucking yappers that when shit really goes down, they shit themselves. Oh like, yeah. They, yeah. Oh oh, was somebody shooting at us? What the fuck? You know, like <laughs> man. You better, yeah. And like I told you guys before, there was a guy in my unit who was just so super religious. He told us 
hey, don't send me outside the gate because if things goes down, I can't shoot another human being. Like, what the fuck are you Wait, doing? Why in the are you the, yeah, what the fuck you are you doing? Army? He was from the mountains of North Carolina. And I want to say his name, but I won't. Um, and I'll never forget him. That piece of shit. I, he used to take interpreters that we had at the gate. And they would have these huge discussions about um, religion, like why Christianity was better than, than Islam, blah, blah, blah. We're not allowed to do that. No, fuck like, no, you're not. <laughs> it's against our, our, you know, we're, we're not allowed to because we're not, we're not like, um, we're not, um, what do you call it? Um, not prophets. Crusaders. Crusaders. That's not what we do. Yeah. But he you're was not like, on no, a mission. No. He was like, the military's here and my God is here. I have to serve my God first. I'm like, dude, do you know where you are? Like, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't piss off the interpreters. I don't need them coming in here with a fucking yeah. grenade or something, man. I'm see trying to yeah. go home. See them yeah. measuring, measuring how far it is from the gate to the to your building. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. your God's up here. <laughs> oh, you had to look for that. You had to look for pacing. Oh, yeah. That's one yep. of the things they told us you had to look for. One of the biggest things oh, yeah. we were taught when we were there. If you see somebody taking exact steps, look at their mouth. Because most people can't step and count. Try to try to count and step at the same time without moving your lips. It's mm. it's for humans. It's tough. Like give it a go. I just and just have somebody pay attention. So they actually caught somebody at our base doing that. Yeah, we had that too. Yeah, they go from the front gate and they would step it, and they knew if they did the steps, you can calculate based on your steps when you fire a mortar how close it's going to be or how far away. It's basically ranging yourself on a mortar that's far away. So what they would do to our military base is they would try to count it, step it. And then they would drive with a the car. They'd have the tube in the back of the car. They'd stop real quick. There'd be four of them in there. They'd pull the tube out. They'd turn it. They'd try to pace it real quick. And then they'd get one or two off. And then they'd fucking drive away. Because, if, because we had specialized equipment there that could, you know, it's computerized. It can triangulate exactly where that came from. And then you send out a quick reaction force to try to catch them. But they would pop off one, two, maybe three, and then they'd be the fuck out of there. Hmm. Or they drive by outside the gate and fire an RPG at us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't want to bore people with military stories, but it's just <clears throat> some of the shit that soldiers dealt with. And then you wonder why. You know, that's that's one of the costs of the military. If you want to talk about cost of the military, fuck the money we spent in Afghanistan. It's the money we spent at home with VA because, you know, people talk about PTSD. But to be honest with you, a lot of the guys that I went with, they just kind of tuck it away man it's what i did like there's shit that i saw that i'm guessing a 21 22 23 year old kid probably shouldn't be seeing no. um you know and you come back with it and like look man i don't want to sit around and i don't i'm not the type of guy who wants people to feel sorry for me i really don't it's not my style but if you want to sit down with me i can tell you some shit that'll fucking make your skin crawl you know we have a buddy i'm not going to say his name because he's still in the reserves but He's got a crazier story than I do about a fucking hospital that will make your skin crawl like resident evil type shit. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's one of the costs from America. What do you, that you mean resident evil? What do you mean resident evil type shit? Well, there was basically a hospital was taken over by terrorists. Um, and they, you know, cut the power off. So in their dead bodies in the basement. Um, so you can only imagine what that smell was after a few days in the Iraqi heat when it's, you know, 110 outside bacon, um, then they cut the power back on. But all these people tried to escape when these terrorists took it over because they basically, apparently they were going room for room and just killing people. But once they got the bodies off, they left the machines on. So imagine walking through a hospital, nobody's there, it's completely empty because everybody tried to get out of there. 
And all you keep hearing is beep, 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 and different fucking machines. And he's like, the lights kept flickering on and off and shit like that, man. It was fucking crazy times. And you didn't know if there was anybody still there? No. Looking around the corner? No, no. So imagine that shit. Or, or you see your buddy get fucking, somebody you deeply respect get fucking killed, man. Or, or, or you know, you, you fucking come back home on vacation and somebody who took over your job ends up getting his fucking head blown off. And you go back to the Humvee that you're supposed to be in and there's fucking brains caked all over the top of the Humvee. Man, you got to live with that shit. Yeah, that shit don't go away. You can do whatever you want. It don't go away. Either guys, guys go one of two ways. They either come back from Iraq and they tuck that shit away or work through it, which is the better thing is to work through it. But most guys tuck it away. And yeah, move most on of with them tuck it away. But some guys, what we say in the military, some guys never come back from Iraq. They never come back. They never come back from Afghanistan. They might be physically back, but mentally they're gone, man. It's, yep. People people neglect these people. So if you see a veteran, a homeless person, anybody listening to the States, you see a veteran, man, just fucking thank them. That, most of us, that's all I want to do. Be like, hey, Dave, man, thanks for your service. I appreciate you. Thank you. You don't have to buy me a beer. You don't have to blow smoke up my ass. You know, you don't have to. In fact, you don't have to say shit to me if you don't want to. I'm just saying, but one of the best things that veterans hear is, man, thanks. You know, that's that's it. You know, I hate, I hate to fucking ramble, but it's just something that it's I'm passionate about. It's under my skin because I know some guys who just never came back, man. That's something that um, people kind of forgot after the soldiers came back from World War Two. Um, American soldiers, that is Germans also. I mean, after the war was after the war was lost in Germany, a lot of them had PTSD and all kinds. Fuck of yeah, they did. That was a different. That's a different type of war. Yeah. To be honest. yeah. So basically. Like they came back if they were lucky enough to come back and um, relocated with their families. There was no such thing as PTSD. People no. didn't know about no. it. No, that's like, why it was the greatest generation, man. Like, well, well no, it wasn't that's... because they had the same problems that people do now. Uh, just like, I mean, um, spouse abuse wasn't a, wasn't a subject as it is right now. But a lot of a lot of pop pops that came home from World War II went home and started beating their women, um, which is why. This generation or the generation after that was a little fucked up in the mm. mind. Maybe um, they should learn how to make coffee better. Well, maybe they should. They wouldn't get beat. <laughs> maybe they should. Who knows? Fucking um, hell, Bobby. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> um, not only that, uh, but let's let's also talk about the Vietnam soldiers who came back and got spit on like yeah. my father. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, like for me, veterans issues is a big deal, and I wish it got more, you know. I always hear people, well, it's a volunteer army. You know what you're getting into. You know what? Some kids don't. Right. They really don't. Like you, I, whether you, whether you want to say save to me whatever the fuck you yeah. want to, because I'll smack you in the fucking mouth. So that's just me though. Some guys will take it. I won't. So that that's the thing, man. Like one of my really good friends, he wanted to be a Marine from fucking as long as I can remember, seven, six, seven years old. I'm gonna be a Marine. I'm gonna be a Marine. Guess what? He became a Marine. And he said after his second deployment, he goes, I did not sign up for this shit. He goes, that is not, you can prepare yourself your entire life for this. Right. Go yeah. do it. It's yeah. not, it's fucking not even close. And, but this is, this is also something Bobby, where they talk about now the basic training is, is softer than what we went through. Um, yeah. That's what I, 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 I tell you what, man, <laughs> I am thankful that for the drill sergeants I had who fucking, were on my ass who, who made me do push-ups who 
you know, it wasn't really, they're like, oh, that's abusive how they're yelling at you. That's fucking not. Did you not have parents? What, like, <laughs> here's the thing though. And that's the thing that like, that really cracks me up is like, oh, that's abusive. You know what their fucking job is, right? You, like mm. they're trained to go somewhere yeah. and be shot at. Yeah. I, I don't think somebody's screaming at them, spitting on them, like fucking like looks like they're about to rupture an eyeball by yelling at them is over the top because guess what the whole it's the whole stress they have to be able to handle like that kind of stress but be able to clearly think because Mm -hmm. guess what that's what that's why that's what's going to bring you home or give you a better chance at coming home and it's also what's going to minimize or minimalize um, collateral damage because if you have somebody who stays calm under stress, he's not going to go bust a cap um, yeah. in Grandpa Abdullah just happens to smoke a cigarette or something. Exactly. That's a, we, we said this the other day um, in one of our groups. I wholeheartedly feel that the police force uh, in America, they need to go through harsher training, yes. like through like they need a fucking drill sergeant putting them, mm. finding their stress, their threshold of stress, and pushing and just it. fucking pushing them past it every yeah. single day. Yeah, you have to guess what? But- when that happens, things are gonna be a lot better. Yes, but for that to work, for that whole principle to work, you really have to bump up what they're getting paid for because you want to attract the people that have these qualities. And I think people that have these qualities deserve to be paid fairly. Um, I'll tell you this right now, outside of Cleveland, the one suburb that I grew up in, it, it's a pretty decent sized city. Um, As a cop, you start off at 75 K a year (laughs) as a cop. And that's one of the cheaper areas. I think, I think, but but there is also a lot of areas in America where that's not even close to the salary. No, then you go a few miles uh, further down into mm-hmm. Cleveland, and you're making thirty eight thousand. Yeah, and I think that that's a big problem. You you have to attract a better police officer, and yes, um, you also have to make sure that you do a little bit better job of make sure that there's things in place that you can't hire through this good old boy system. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I know a guy who would make a great cop because he was in the Marines. That don't mean shit. How many shitheads we had in the army? Like, I wouldn't fucking trust those guys with my fucking dog. You know, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, those guys have no business being a cop. I know two yep. guys who are cops right now who have no business being cops at all. Yep. So, um, because I know flat out, um, you know, I don't want to accuse them of being anything other than what they are, but they're shitheads. That's it. Um, and, um, you know, if they got busted for shooting somebody they're not supposed to, I wouldn't be surprised. Um you know, and, and, you know, nobody wants to hear, you know, excluding Harry, but nobody wants to hear three white guys talk about the police force in America. But I will say this. I agree with you, Harry. There needs to be better training, right? Um, yeah. there, there needs to be stress put on these people because as we saw a couple of days ago with the young lady who got shot in Ohio, my opinion is, I don't know what I would do in that situation, but you have to, you have to try to put yourself in the shoes of somebody and that's a stressful ass situation yes um you know oh. we were, you know bobby you said something really good last thing i'll say um is when we were in basic training we were put under stress yeah and stress oh, yeah. and stress and stress and you if you cracked the drill sergeant would cool off let you build back up and then stress you stress you again that's what they're supposed to do exactly there's a method to yeah. that madness and we yeah. have forgotten that 
we are raising a generation like we're we're pussifying everybody and that's the problem we had long ruck marches and we would make fun of the guys who didn't make it all the way through i'm glad that you laughed at that chris (laughs) (laughs) man the fuck is that on the chip god damn it (laughs) chris that's why we can't have nice things no but um yeah we make fun of those people and it built those people up and they made it through you know that's yeah it is what you know whatever but um yeah Hazy it's not, needs to help too yeah what hazing yeah, hitting somebody yeah. with a bag of soap oh. yeah filling up a, exactly. a, a bag with they learned yeah. a rubber they learned. In your butt <laughs> is definitely something that, that can bring you yeah. home yeah, we did some fun stuff, but you know it is what it is. But just like blood rank, yeah. <laughs> blood rank back in the day that was like a rite to passage, and now they actually will ask you, "Is it okay if I hit you?" Or um, afterwards, let's go into the office. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you know what a blood rank is, Bobby? No, that was my question. Okay, so. <laughs> Blood rank is back in the day with the BDUs. The rank used to be up on top, on your collar. You so people have... can't see it, Chris. You gotta. Oh yeah, you got sorry. People, yeah. On the collar. It would be right um, on your collarbone. You would you would have the backs of the pins, what we would call damage. You would leave those off. So it was basically just the rank with these pins, and then everyone that was of that rank and higher would come over and slap you on your collarbone. And it was a rite of passage. <laughs> And trust me, feels good. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, but it, it was a thing, man. You 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 felt like, okay, this is gonna hurt, but it's it's my way of moving on. And you know, to, I wouldn't want somebody to ask me now. Hey, Dave, is it okay if I punch your rank into you? What the fuck, <laughs> dude? When I got promoted, I told my wife to. <laughs> oh, told shit, her to you're what? Serious. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm dead serious. <laughs> no, like. Because she asked, she goes, well, what do I do now? I'm like, so what you're going to do is you're going to put the rank on and you're going to hit me in my chest. Oh, it's and in the middle of the chest butt. There were, there were some people that were standing there that were new to the military that were looking kind of shocked, especially when my buddy that's an older soldier like Dave and I immediately hit me too. Yeah, it's, it's a different army. It's a different army. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Couple more years and I'm retiring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but well, it was I, I miss those times. I'll be honest with you guys. I miss them. I fucking miss them. And I, I wish all, it would have stayed like that. And I love all those guys I served with. And you know, crazy guys, all of them. But uh they'll be brothers for life, that's for sure. I say yep. brothers for life because I didn't have any females in our unit. So we were combat unit. Oh, we had females too. Yeah, there, so, one of them, her her nickname was Frank the Tank. <laughs> is it any is that just because of how many guys she can carry around inside her? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had to. Like you set it up, dude. I had to. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that was that movie old school, right? Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you something, Chris. Something, Chris, because you had females in your unit. Yeah. When you were in Iraq. What was your bump up scale? Do you know what I'm referring to? I, I know what you're talking about. So if they were here, like a 
Let's say let's say general at a five. So right let's go in the middle. Ba- let's go baseline five. Okay. Um, in Iraq, they would instantly. I would say. I wouldn't say instantly. I would. Oh, that's an eight month, or a nine, dude. After a month, they would jump up to an eight. Solid eight. After, Solid eight. After, after three academy. months, after Same three thing. months, you're just like, oh, you're a one in Germany. Well, guess what? Now you're a seven. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. You might have a dick, but fuck it. Okay. Back, let's do this. <laughs> like when you see her naked the first time, you're like, you were supposed to be a boy, right? <laughs> um, I've never humped the surfboard. Let's do it. <laughs> I know we had, I think, I believe we had zero females on our compound. Zero. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to ask Chris. Well, that's because um, on, on a serious note, if you're like ambushing something or um, you're, doing recon or whatever you're in a, in a in a combat group and you have females there um do you feel like distracted like you have to protect those protect them a little more than i didn't protect guys i didn't so okay so the ones that were not our mechanics um i didn't feel like i needed to protect them because we all knew what we were doing now mechanics uh, we had a female mechanic that was with us one night and I actually feared for my life. Um, I was up on the, in the turret. So in the middle of the vehicle with the upper half of my body sticking out and we were told to turn off the lights and this chick killed the motor. So <laughs> now, <laughs> now oh, I'm, no. up the, I'm up there just looking around like, Oh, please don't let, don't let anything happen right now. <laughs> so they started again. And she did it again. She did it like two or three times until I finally radioed and asked for someone from my platoon to take over the driver's seat because I was not going to stay in the gunner's hatch. Hmm. Um, I will tell you this. The female soldiers that we have in the United States Army are trained just the way we are. Um, yeah. I think for a long time, America's had this thing where we want to um, protect our female soldiers because of you know obvious reasons. You don't want females being captured by the enemy for... Yeah, of course. Obvious reasons. We can all think about what could possibly happen. But um, the female soldiers that we do have, uh, I've read tons of articles about going through ranger training, everything else. Those those ladies can hang with all of us. They can shoot just as well as we can. Yep. And let me tell you something. There are some females who suck at shooting who are shitty soldiers. On the same token, there are plenty of males <laughs> who ass. can't shoot yeah. and who suck just as much. Yeah. So um, I have. Oh, yeah. The, the, I was in a couple convoys with female soldiers who had an M16, just like I did, um, who I felt could protect themselves just as well. Do I think, if I think, do I think if something went down, would my unit have tried to protect them more? Maybe, but I think that's just, sometimes as men, that's our instinct. And I don't think we, that's what I was, that's what I I don't think we mean it as a downer. I don't think we mean it as a downer to any female whatsoever. Right, right. Not saying that they needed, that they required that protection. I'm just saying that we're like, we're at a generation where um, the core values are just starting to switch like um we still especially when you're when you're like raised in the south you have that southern influence um like we're raised to respect and protect females it's not a a, a systemic thing it's just the way we're raised like we hold doors for females we don't expect doors to get held for us um it's nice if they do but you don't expect i would i would feel weird if they did i'll be honest that's just i grew up in the south so i'd be kind of weird like oh let me open the door let me pull out your chair for you dave what the fuck 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And since we're trained, we're trained to think that and we're, we're trained to <clears throat> act that way. I'd say that like in a combat situation, you're like, oh, oh, shoot, I'll carry that gun for you. You know, that kind of thing. Mm, you know, yeah. Just because it's so, so talking about that, I actually had that experience. That was an eye opener for me. Um, we had a female that was trying to put a, a 50 cal. So it's a really heavy machine gun that we have trying to put it on top of a, one of our uh well tracked vehicles that we have just a, just a her, side point that's the same machine gun we used to shoot down planes in world war ii just so you get yep. an idea of how heavy it could be it was mounted um, on wings <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so so i asked her if she wanted me to help her put it up there and she was smaller than me i would say she was maybe that's five, pretty fucking small two? it's pretty fucking small five, then. two or so um and she told me she goes no i've got this and then just chucks this fucking thing up there like it was nothing i'm like all right <laughs> you the man Way to emasculate him. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> no but i would just you know honestly i i think you're right harriet especially since at that time for me it was 2003 um to 2004 and i think that definitely i think everybody knew where the females were in our convoy if i'm honest I think they could have defended themselves, but I think that you definitely, you know, because mo most of the times they were medics that were with us, you know, right. to be fair, not, a, there wasn't, in fact, I don't think it was allowed for females to be in combat. combat no, not at that time. Like, no, yeah. at that time, no. But I think that they can definitely do the job. I think that, you know, we have to get past that, you know, that, that look, whether people want to admit it or not, I don't fucking care. Men are naturally stronger than women. It's fucking biology. But, a lot of times women think a little better than we do under pressure. You know, I don't want to say always, but I'm saying a lot of them do. A lot of times, look, I've seen some guys who are gung-ho PT studs, which is means they, are, they could run a mile, they could lift everything. When shit hit the fan, they were not mentally there. Like they were not, you know, so everybody can look good in training. Everybody can look good running around laps, doing a two mile run. Everybody can do 50 push-ups. When shit hits the fan, that's when you see who really, who's the man or the woman, however you want to say it. So, okay, enough stories from Dave. Moving on. I do that at work, though, too, Dave. Like, the, the, what you said about the people with the biggest mouth, it, it's yeah. like that on the civilian side, too. We've got people, they have such a huge mouth, and I'm just like, I, I don't want it to happen, but I would love for something to happen at the gates and see you just lose your shit. Cause I yeah. know that you will not have like dude, or any way of knowing what to do. Do some of the soldiers like say they're coming back and they're a little tipsy or whatever. They fuck with you guys. Oh, we've had that before too. And they get arrested. Okay. <laughs> um, I took a, I took a dude's Jordans one night. Um, but that's the old school in me too. Instead of getting the MPs involved, and sounds like Cincinnati as fuck. <laughs> Jesus no, Christ! So, so uh, we were working night shift, and they came back. This was way before Corona started, and we have these automatic booths where you don't actually come to us. We see you through a camera. You slide your ID card, do all this stuff, and then you enter the post. Mm -hmm. Um. And outside, we saw them actually hit one of the females. Oh, and 
So me and my other supervisor that night just took off. We're like, okay, you're going inside. I'm going outside. Went down there. And of course the guys just scattered. And one of them, of course, didn't have his Jordans tied and ran out of his Jordans and kept running. So I'm like, okay, before I get the MPs involved, the military police, I'm, I'm not going to ruin everyone's weekend. I'll do this my way. Picked up his Jordans. It's like, hey, if you want your shoes back, come up to the main gate and we can talk. <laughs> and long story short, uh, we ended up having to get the MPs involved because he told one of my guards, oh, are you going to go tell your wife? um that i'm here to get my shoes and this was one of my male guards talking about me I'm like okay and my patient's cord has just been cut i'm not dealing with this shit anymore and they ended up coming the mps um they arrested them one of them kept talking and you could hear the mps going uh didn't i just tell you to sit down and shut the fuck up I'm like all right cool <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I only had I had one running with MPs once. It was not fun. Oh yeah, you told us that. <laughs> not fun. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's like actually surprising too at that point because uh normally like the old school with what Dave and I remember when we first got here and before that the MPs man, you did not want to fuck with them here. I uh before we get off here because we're we're running into our Goldilocks zone. Uh, I just want to show you what Dum Dums, when we first got to Iraq, rode around as, like we were oh, yeah. fucking Rambo. Oh yeah, you take the <laughs> fucking doors off. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just I just wanted to show you that. Um, if you look at the roads there, that's an oil spill. Iraqs Iraqi <laughs> didn't clean that up. Um, actually, what I'm thinking is something happened there because if you look in the left there corner. You will see an Iraqi police car, which is uh, that's right there. Um, yeah. Oh shit, yeah. that's an Iraq. Yeah, that's I an thought Iraq. that's Frankfurt. Fuck. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you'll see we took them off because it was so fucking hot. But then you start to realize, uh, oh shit, they use an IED. It's probably a good thing yeah. to have a door. Um, literally, when we first went over there, they took our Humvees from Germany and shipped them over there. Uh, woodland colors are not they don't work well in a desert environment and um, so we used our own armor or the best we could sometimes we we like taped and like pinned up flak jackets to the side of the the, the doors um, we five gallon water jugs sandbags sandbags on the floor um, and then we used um, scrap metal that we found and we would weld that to the doors um, what we didn't realize is the more metal you put on a Humvee, the more strain you put on an engine in 110 degree weather. Yeah. Wonder like, man, why don't this thing get up, man? Because it's fucking heavy as shit. So, I mean, crazy times, man. It was a crazy time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Wouldn't trade it for the world, though. Wouldn't. Wouldn't take that 15 months back at all. Mm -hmm. It's 15 months, man. 15 months. Think about when Corona started. You know, that's this. If we go back 15 months, it's January of, of you know 2020. Corona wasn't even a thing yet. So that tells yeah. you how fucking long I was in Iraq. Chris, as well, you were there for the whole tour. That's we were, well, yeah, right? we were there before before that became a norm. Yeah, it was. It's nuts, man. It's fucking nuts. But I wouldn't take it back. Mm -mm. 
to make a long story short, Biden probably should not pull the troops out of Afghanistan. I think it's a bad idea. I think it's going to create kind of a vacuum. And uh, I think we're going to have problems from there for many years to come. My thoughts. Otherwise that. We have a peace contract <laughs> with the Taliban now. What could go uh, wrong? Get out of here, man. Get out of here. <laughs> so I hope I'm wrong. Honestly, I hope mm. I'm wrong. I hope the Afghani people can get it together. I hope that place turns into a prosperous country. Um, but I sadly don't think so with Pakistan next door. I think India is really going to feel the brunt of it, but that's just me. So, yeah, don't mean to sound smart, but sometimes I am. <laughs> just sometimes, just sometimes. <laughs> Woo! All right, guys, I think we're running to the uh, border here. Yeah, I think that's it, man. This is a super long, we're like, we got to be close to two. We're pushing two. Yeah, we're pushing two, but only officially about 120. I still have to shave. The fuck for what? Army training tomorrow. (laughs) Don't, man, don't shave. Go in like you are. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pretend you forgot. Be like, what? (laughs) That's why I'm so glad I wasn't anymore. Thank God, I hated shaving. I can't hear you. I look like a retarded turtle when I shave. I can't do it. Kids make fun of me. I can't, I'm not going to do that. I really do look like a turtle, though, when I shave. Not happening. <laughs> Dude, I cannot hear you anyone. Bobby shaving. It's awesome. Yeah, Chris, Chris can't hear problem. us. <laughs> okay, I can hear Bobby. Chris, you can hear us? I can hear you. Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. Yeah, this is it. Um, so thanks for listening, guys. Uh, give us a like, share, subscribe. You know where to find us, and we will be back next week. We'll be though. Take care. Bye. Smooches. Thank you.